Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 2nd of October, 2020. For centuries and centuries now, the most prominent symbol of the Christian faith has been the cross. You see it on uh, the walls of churches. You see it on flags. You see people wear it as a piece of jewelry. And it is something that has become so familiar to us that we often forget what it really stood for. That the cross that we just think of as, oh, that's the cross. That's something we celebrate. People put it up on the walls in their houses. It was an instrument of execution and really torture, a slow, painful, agonizing death. And so as we read the account of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ today in Luke 23, we want to be reminded of the reality of the cross. This symbol that we look to so much, what did it actually involve? And also, we're going to really be able to connect what we read today in Luke with so much of what we have seen so far in the book of Hebrews and see as we turn the corner of application into the book of Hebrews as well. But today in the gospel of Luke, we're reading chapter 23 verses 26 through 43. And in this, we see an account of the crucifixion of Jesus. We see how they make Siren, uh, Simon of Cyrene carry the cross. And we see Jesus even warning the people weeping for him and really speaking of coming judgment, um, that that's really what they should be weeping for. Um, but then we get down to just really the horrors of it. If we stop and consider what, what happens and that he is put to death with criminals, um, and that in the midst of all of this, as they're nailing him to a cross, which, you know, if we stopped and considered um, just what all was involved in that physically, this would have been excruciatingly painful. Um, in the midst of all that, Jesus says in verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so we see just the the physical pain that this must have been as we study what the process of crucifixion was. But then also we we see just the relentless mocking that he receives. Uh, The the people, they're standing by, but the rulers, the, the people in charge of Jerusalem, they're scoffing at Jesus saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers, they join in with the mockery. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourselves. And then one of the criminals also mocking him. And we need to realize that there's an an extent to which, and really the full extent, Jesus is just taking this. Jesus didn't have to do any of this one snap of his fingers, and he could have come bursting off of that cross. He could have called down legions of angels to defend him, but he bears the pain of the physical torture that he's enduring, and he bears the shame of the ridicule and the totally undeserved mockery that he is receiving. And in the midst of all of that, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, one thing I want to encourage you with today is uh, really to take a lot of this personally. 
uh, as we think about how undeserved this all is, we're talking about you. You don't deserve this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are the one who is benefiting from the cross. That on the cross, Jesus was bearing your sin. That he was enduring that physical pain that he experienced in that moment, that he was enduring the the shame of the ridicule and the mockery that he was receiving. And also, I think theologically, he's enduring the worst of it all, that really the wrath of God on the cross. And he is doing all of that because of your sin. There is no greater demonstration of mercy then the cross of Jesus Christ. And we need to take that personally. And another thing that helps us is this powerful account at the end of our passage today of the thief on the cross. And he rebukes his um, you know, fellow thief there and says, hey, we're being paid back for what we have done. This is just for us to be crucified. But this man, he has done nothing wrong. And he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And so there we see really this example of forgiveness. And we need to realize there is nothing that makes us better and more deserving than this thief on the cross. That there is nothing more that any one of us can do but to look to Jesus and to ask him for forgiveness and for mercy. So we need to make sure this doesn't just become academic to us, looking at Jesus on the cross. We need to make sure that it's not just about the the gory details, but that we realize this happened because of our sin and we will benefit for eternity because of what Jesus did for us. And so we should respond with worship uh, as we consider the reality of the cross today. And as we turn our attention to Hebrews, this should really um, highlight so much of what we've been talking about, because we've been talking about Jesus being a better priest, Jesus being a better sacrifice, that Jesus in this new covenant being a better covenant. We, we've talked about all of these things, and we've tried to work to, to bridge the cultural gaps as uh, we, we are not, most of us, Hebrews, and none of us are first century Hebrews. Uh, so th- there's a lot of distance to really uh, bridge the gap between us and them. And as we've done that and we've considered these arguments that the writer of Hebrews has been making, it's really helpful and it's really important for us to consider what this all looked like, what Jesus being the high priest and also the sacrifice looked like. It's one thing to read about that and compare it to the Old Testament. It's another thing to stop and consider the reality of the cross. And what Jesus endured to be that high priest and to be that sacrifice for us. And we need to praise God for that and really approach this whole topic today with a great deal of humility. And just awe that Jesus bore the wrath that we deserved. And he took that on so that we could be forgiven. 
that all the benefits we enjoy that we've seen in Hebrews, this, this once for all sacrifice, this benef- the benefits of eternal salvation, it was all purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed as he was in excruciating pain, being mocked by the rulers, by the soldiers, and on the cross experiencing the wrath of God. He went through all of that and we benefit from it. There should be humility, there should be gratitude as we consider the cross of Jesus Christ for us. And as we consider Hebrews chapter 10, we really hit the point where the gear shifts, uh, where he's been making this case that Jesus is better than angels, Jesus is better than Moses, Jesus is better than the earthly priests, Jesus is better than the earthly sacrifices. Now we get to kind of the so what question, and we see that we're looking at chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 today, and it starts with, therefore, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So he's basically saying, since all that what I've been explaining to you is true, so what? And then in the rest of the passage that we look at today, he gives us three let us commands. Three times he says, let us do this. And the first is let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, So we see there, the first thing we can have is, is full assurance. We can have full assurance that we are saved and that our salvation has been accomplished not through works that we do, not through external rituals that we do, but through the once for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then the next let us command, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. There's this idea really of endurance and continuing on in the Christian life, continuing on in this faith, really because we know that God is faithful. And you think of some of the things that he said, especially back in chapter six, where it is impossible for God to lie, that we have a sure and steady anchor for our souls. So let us hold on to that and let us keep going no matter what. And then finally, the last command is let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the last command is really gets us thinking more horizontally. Hey, what can I do? Even notice the, the command specifically is to consider. The command is to think. How can I think about how can I encourage others? And how can I spur them, uh, spur them on? Uh, there's that idea of stir one another up. Uh, sometimes it's translated to spur each other on to love and good deeds. And you think of a spur, um, you, you know, shout out to the basketball team, but you, you think of, you, you know, what cowboys would wear on the back of their boots to kind of give that gentle kick to the horse, to, to spur it on, to go faster, to keep running. And we need that for one another. That's one of the reasons why the book of Hebrews was written. This is an example of somebody considering how they could stir one another on towards love and good deeds. We need to realize that gravity is going to kind of pull us away from these realities of what Christ has done for us on the cross, pull us away from the realities of Jesus being better and all that should mean for us. And we need to be actively encouraging one another. 
So I feel like I make this charge often on this podcast, but I want to encourage you to think today about what you can do to encourage some of the people in your life to seek the Lord and to pursue him and to keep going. Because every day we will be facing the temptation to do otherwise and to listen to the lies of sin. And that's why we need each other. Well, briefly, let's just touch on our passages in the Old Testament today. We finish up Psalm 115 as we look at verses 9 through 19 today. And there's this call to trust in the Lord three times, reminding us each time that he is their help and their shield. He calls on Israel, the house of Aaron, and you who fear the Lord to trust in the Lord. And why? Well, because the Lord will remember He will bless us. And it says, he will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. And so we want to have that confidence in God. I hope that you are among the number of those who can say, I fear the Lord. He is our help and our shield and he will bless us. And we see the faithfulness of God keeping his promises, especially as we look at Isaiah chapter, chapters 48 through 50 today. And we see God, he's not going to ever forget his people. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 22, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and raise my signal to the peoples and they shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall foster fathers and their queens, your nursing mothers with their faces to the ground. They shall bow before you and lick the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. God, this powerful imagery of kings and queens of nations bringing his people back, saying, no, you can know that I'm going to keep my promises. You will know that I'm going to be good to those who wait for me. And may we be those people, and may we be those people based on the greatest thing that God has ever done, which is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. May that reality be very present and powerful in our minds today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.